0: Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands
1: 103. Just great radio. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me the Reverend Nigel Gill. And folks I hope that this finds you well. We are of course in the season of Advent and we're doing an Advent series as we journey in to Christmas. You may have noticed that I started last week's show with the song Joy to the World and indeed I'm going to do just that again now in a few moments time. But here is the thing. In County Offaly primarily you may notice that there are signs up that says Joy to the World on them, outside churches etc. And also on post will be delivering you something that says Joy to the World. And the reason I bring this to your attention is that in conjunction with the churches, a group called Crown Jesus Ministries wants you to know the good news of the gospel. And so they are letting you know that in troubled times like this, you can have joy. But that joy is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, last week, we were looking at the topic of hope because there are four candles, red candles, on your wreath that is in a church church. And each one goes and symbolizes things. And the four words that we go and attribute to them are hope, joy, peace, and love. And then there's a white candle in the center, which obviously depicts Christ, that Christ is in the center. And when it comes to the attributes of hope, joy, peace, and love, the source for such things is in the person of Jesus Christ. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, has a little blessing, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. And this is what he goes and says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting that his prayer, his blessing that he pronounces upon you is that The God of hope will fill you. This is his desire. Will fill you with joy. Now how are we filled with this joy? We're filled with joy in the light of who God is. Because that is the source of our hope. God is the source of our hope. He is the God of hope. And when we know who God is, then it gives us hope. When we know who God is, it causes us to cry out in prayer, which our psalm for today is in Psalm 85. And it is a request, a petition to God to restore us, O Lord. And when we look this world over, and the sorry mess that we are finding ourselves in, which is getting worse day by day, as human beings treat other human beings terribly, point is this that the only source for our hope is God. And so, the God of hope will fill you with joy. And the reason that we're filled, as I said, with that joy is because of who He is. But not only because of who He is, but because of the fact that it is He that we can depend on. And when you know that you can depend on someone, when you know you can trust them, When you know that they've got your back, so to speak, it fills you with joy. After all, think about this. God is the one who sent Christ into this world, the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, who is Emmanuel, God with us. And so the very fact that God is with us in the midst of our everyday life should bring us comfort should bring us peace, should bring us joy. And so as we journey through this Advent season, that's why our minds are focused upon hope, joy, peace and love. So are you someone and you find joy in the midst of your circumstances because God is there for you. And you see the outworking of what Paul is speaking about in your life. Well today we have a number of contributors on our show because Kilkenny Presbyterian Church did a very novel thing. They've done a Advent alphabet and each day just like you have your Advent calendar they go and have an A, B, C, D little reflection going through the alphabet. And so after Charlize has read Psalm 85 to us, Reverend Jonathan the minister in the church, is going to outline why they've done this. And then, later on, Pastor Chris Stoll will be speaking to us again about the real Jesus. And as he speaks to it, may that also bring joy. But for each one of the letters, we have different people contributing and sharing of what it is that God has placed on their heart as they've worked their way through A, B, C, through to G. On today's show. So here is Psalm eighty five, read to us by Charles.
2: We're reading from Psalms eighty five. You, Lord, showed favour to your land, you restored the fortunes of Jacob, you forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath, and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, God our Saviour, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry at us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps.
3: Hi, everyone. I hope you're all doing good. just want to share with you something that we're doing here in Kilkenny Presbyterian. You'll discover here on our Facebook page that over the next 26 consecutive mornings, right through, in fact, to Christmas morning, there will be different members of our church kindly sharing with us a letter from the Christmas alphabet. And from their own unique letter, they're going to share with us the staggering message of what the birth of Jesus is is really all about. There's so many people just have not understood the wonder of the coming of Christ to Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. And we want the world to know that Jesus indeed is the reason for the season. So be blessed and enjoy these little videos, but also share these videos with others who as yet don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. I just love those words from Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 where Paul says when the time had fully come God sent a son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those that were under the law. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus Christ our rescuer our redeemer has come. May the world know him and may we be bold as we share him with our needy world. May God bless us all.
0: Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio.
1: Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. Well, as I was saying today, we have a number of folk contributing to our show, courtesy of Reverend Jonathan and the folks of Kilkenny Presbyterian Church. Reverend Jonathan decided on a very novel idea of getting folk to share ...on a letter of the alphabet as a sort of Advent calendar, so to speak, on the countdown to Christmas. So I am going to share with you a bunch of those mini-reflections today. Beginning, obviously, with the letter A and working our way through to the letter G. So now we have the first four thoughts. These are brought to us by Jessica, Peter, Maddie, and Gavin. So, to begin, Jessica shall get the ball rolling with, of course, naturally the letter A.
4: Hello and welcome to the first video of this year's Christmas alphabet series. And seeing as it's the first video, I have decided that I will help you get prepared for what's coming in the next 25 days. So I am in Luke and chapter two, and this is just after the angels had told the shepherds about Jesus Christ being born. The shepherds hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So what I just wanted to point out from this was that after the shepherds had an encounter with Jesus, they could not keep it to themselves. They went and they told people about what they had seen and what they had heard. And not only that, but every person that they told, was amazed by Jesus, amazed by what the shepherds had said about Jesus. And so this is my prayer for you this Christmas, that you too, if you haven't already, will have an encounter with Jesus. And when you do, prepare to be amazed. Amazed by who he is, amazed by what he does, amazed by what he says, and amazed by by how
5: he loves. The letter B in this Adam series, I've chosen the word Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are one of my favorite foods and they're a highlight on my Christmas dinner plate. But many of my friends, unfortunately, don't share this opinion and they actually find them disgusting. And they push them to the side of their plate in favor of the turkey or the ham or the roast potatoes and all those other nice things. But every one of my friends who hates the Brussels sprout always ends up cooking them every year. Every December the 25th, every year it rolls around, they buy them, they spend their money on them, they prepare them, they cook them, they serve them, and every year they end up shoving them to the edge of their plate. And I always think, why even bother? Why bother getting them if you hate them so much? Why bother spending your money on them? And they say, well, it's tradition, and it wouldn't be a Christmas dinner without Brussels sprouts. Or We always do this in our house. And it made me wonder, do we treat Jesus the same way we treat Brussels sprouts at Christmas? Because this time of year, as Christians, we go to carol services and we go to church on Christmas Day, or we sing Christmas courses that we know so well. But why do we do these things? Are they just to tick a box? Is it for tradition? Is it because we've always done these things and it wouldn't be Christmas without a carol service? Or is it because we know and we love Jesus and enjoy worshipping him and spending time in his presence. So, this December the 25th, as you sit down at the dinner table and debate whether or not to actually eat the Russell Sprouts, remember, don't push Jesus to the side this Christmas, but to make him the centre of your life and maybe give the Russell Sprouts a try.
0: Hi everyone, and for today's Christmas alphabet, I wanted to ask you, do you know the meaning of Christ? Well, for those of you that know, and those who don't, Christ comes from the word Christos in Greek, which means anointed one or chosen one. So we're literally talking about the one that was spoken about thousands of years before he even came to be the one that saves humanity. And if we look at the book of Philippians chapter two, verse five to seven, it says, "'Have this mind among yourself, "'which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. So we are literally talking about God himself, the anointed one, the one that thousands of years ago was spoken to be the savior of the world, coming and taking on the form of human flesh to be Christ, the title that is who he is, Christ.
6: Good day to you all. Every Christmas, we decorate our houses, mantelpieces, Christmas cakes and treats, and our Christmas trees. Decorations make things shine, glimmer, and look nice. They also have that feel-good factor. Like this, you might decorate your life with things that look and feel good. Maybe they're material things, things that make you happy, things that bring that sense of light to your life. Maybe you do good, you're a good person, and everyone else can see it. But if you look deeper than the lovely, colorful decorations in your life, what's there? Think of how the Christmas tree is cut off from its source of life, cut down and brought into a home to be decorated. Sin keeps us separated from Jesus, the one who gives us life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Note how it says we are dead in our transgressions, but Jesus came to us, and by grace we are saved. So as you decorate the tree this Christmas, just think about your own life. Are you dead in sin with a life decorated by things you think are good? Or are you alive in Christ with a life decorated by his riches and glory?
0: Heartlands on Midlands 103.
1: Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. As we continue our journey through Advent, considering the coming of our Lord, because that's what the word Advent means, coming, Adventus, of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, we will continue with the Advent alphabet, courtesy of Kilkenny Presbyterian Church, with the letters of E, F and G in this section, brought to us by Ed, Rocco and Mariska and Kairos. Following these, Pastor Chris Stoll will be sharing his next talk on discovering the real Jesus, and I hope and pray that you do know the joy of knowing the real Jesus. But for now, let's continue our alphabetical journey, beginning with Ed sharing on the letter E.
7: The letter E in our Christmas Advent series this year is evergreen. During Christmas time each year, most of the leaves fall from the trees, and this shows us that winter is coming and it's going to be dark and cold. But each year, the evergreen trees stay evergreen and don't lose their leaves, which shows us that there's still life in the darkness and the cold days. But, you know, this year, this reminded me of God's love and that even in the dark days and the coldness, you know, God's love is still there and doesn't run out. It doesn't Lose any of it. His, his love isn't just for one group of people or one time of year, but his love is all year round, like the evergreen tree keeping its leaves, keeping green all year. And so at Christmas time this year, I'd like to remind you of God's love for all of us by this verse in Isaiah 54, verse 10 For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the
3: Lord who has compassion on you. F is for family. It's that time of the year again. Christmas trees sprouting up all around us, fairy lights illuminating the winter nights, and a sudden decline in the Turkey population.
4: It's a joyous time of family get-together and celebration. Excitement spikes as gifts keep children in suspense and families get to enjoy spending time with loved ones. A love that mirrors the unconditional love of Jesus that radiates from the Christmas story.
3: Amidst the hustle and bustle, it's important to remember the reason for the season. On that dark night in a stable in Bethlehem, a small family facing the trials and tribulations of this world was blessed with a child that would one day save us from our sins.
4: Believing that this precious child was sent by God as atonement for our sins is a life-changing experience. God extends an invitation to all who choose to believe to be part of the Christian family.
3: May you have a blessed and joyous time with friends and family this festive season. But above all, may you invite God the Father into your hearts and join the christian family
8: hello and welcome to day seven of the christmas alphabet today's letter is g for good news the message of christmas is a story of good news for everyone in the world today in luke chapter 2 verses 10 to 12 the angels appear to the shepherds for the first time to tell them this good news but the angel said to them do not be afraid i bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. The good news that the angels came to share was that a Savior had been born for all the people. He was the promised one, the Messiah. Jesus had been born as a baby to fulfill God's promise to send a Savior. So this really was good news. Christmas for us is a story of good news too. In fact, it's the best news ever. Because God sent Jesus, his only son, as a baby to earth to take the punishment for our sins upon himself on the cross, we can be saved from the punishment that we deserve for our sins. And through believing in him and accepting him as our saviour, we can one day spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. The good news that the angel shared is the best news that's ever been told. Because of God's sacrificial love for us, we don't have to work for our salvation. The price for our sins is paid in full. And when we accept Jesus as our saviour, we can experience the joy and the peace of having him in our lives. The angels were the first ones to share this good news of the Saviour coming. But now it's our job to share this good news with everyone who hasn't heard it yet.
0: Heartlands on Midlands
8: 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio.
9: Well, good morning. I sure hope you're doing well today. Uh, this is Pastor Chris from Tullamore Bible Church. And I'm so glad you've joined us once again as we continue to look at this series that we've entitled Real Jesus where we try to remove misconceptions about Christ and rediscover who he really is from God's word, the Bible. Would you describe your life as fulfilling? Are you here to just make yourself happy, or do you recognize that God has you here for something much bigger than yourself? In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus gives a real-life circumstance to, to teach his followers that true fulfillment is found when you and I play an active part In God meeting the need of others. Now, if you have a Bible handy, I'd invite you to follow along with me in Matthew chapter 14. Now, some of you may be familiar with this account. It's one of Jesus' most well-known miracles. In the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we have four separate eyewitness accounts of the earthly life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, getting four different perspectives gives us a really good picture of who Jesus is. Now, the miracle that we're going to read about, Jesus feeding the 5,000, is the only miracle that is recorded in all four of those Gospels, in Mark chapter 6 and Luke chapter 9, in John chapter 6, and then right here in Matthew chapter 14. Now, that's significant because God wanted to put this miracle in front of the reader four separate times. There's obviously some truth here in this passage of Scripture that God wants to get across to us. So let's take a closer look. In verse number 13, it says that as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Now, what news is this talking about? Well, a quick read of the previous passage tells us that what Jesus and his disciples heard about was the tragic, untimely death of John the Baptist. Um, King Herod had wrongfully imprisoned John and then had him executed. And Jesus then gets into a boat with his disciples and heads across the Sea of Galilee to a place that the Bible describes as remote. Now, considering the circumstances, their desire to have some time alone was certainly understandable. However, their rest was short-lived. During their journey across the sea, which is just about 12 kilometers, we're told that the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. And then verse 14 tells us that Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. Now, put yourself in the disciples' shoes. How would you feel if you had just gotten very tragic news, went away with Jesus to be alone for a while, only to find that crowds had gathered, not to offer you sympathy, but to hear Jesus speak? Can you imagine how annoyed they must have been? Now How did Jesus respond? After all, He was the one who would have felt the loss of John the most. Remember, this is not John the disciple we're talking about, but this is John the Baptist, Jesus' second cousin. He was family. You'd expect that of everyone, Jesus would be the most annoyed that the crowd wouldn't even give him the space to grieve his loss. But no, that's not what we find. And here we find something fascinating about our God. We get an awesome glimpse into the real personality of Jesus. It says that when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. Think of that. Despite everything that Jesus was dealing with personally, when he saw others in need, he was moved with compassion. You know, he's still the same today. You know that means that right now, as God looks at you, your heart aches, your questions, your confusion, your needs, He is moved with compassion towards you. In fact, that compassion is so great that it moved Him to die on a cross to meet your greatest need. He willingly suffered the full penalty of all of your sin, so that you could be made right with God forever. Romans chapter five. Verse 8 says that God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And friend, if you have never trusted Jesus alone to clean you from your sin and make you right with God, or if you're trying to somehow earn God's favor yourself, you need to understand that Jesus has already paid the full price for your salvation from, uh, from sin and its penalty. He had compassion on you and he did what had to be done. To meet your need and make you right with God. The question is, was there a point in your life when you saw your personal need for His sacrifice and accepted Him for yourself? See, in this story, we discover that Jesus is moved with compassion on our needs. The disciples, on the other hand, weren't so patient. You can almost hear the frustration in their voices when they protest to Jesus in the next verse here. This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. It's a reasonable request, really, and Jesus has something greater in mind, though. His reply must have shocked them. That isn't necessary, he says. You feed them. Now, can you imagine what was going through their minds? I mean, consider the utter impossibility of such a request. We're told that there were 5,000 men there, not including the women and children, and those facts alone reveal what an impossible task this was. Not to mention, they didn't even have enough food for themselves. John's account tells us that there was a boy there who had five small loaves of bread and two small fish, probably what his memory had packed him for lunch, and he gave them to the disciples. But these guys didn't even have enough food to feed themselves, let alone 5,000 households. You know, one of the primary reasons that people don't consider the spiritual needs of others is because they're spiritually empty themselves. I mean, how could the disciples think of feeding all those people when they didn't even have enough food for themselves? You know, a lack of concern for others often betrays our own emptiness. However, not willing to say no to Jesus, they confess their inability in verse number 17. Look what it says but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, how is Jesus going to respond to that? Does he rebuke them for not having enough? Does Jesus scold them for their own inability to meet the need? Never. Look at verse 18. Jesus said, bring them here. It's like he says, I know you don't have enough, but what you do have, bring it to me. See, if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, He wants you to be part of His work in meeting the spiritual needs of others. Now He's not asking you to be strong enough or smart enough, but He is asking you to present yourself to Him and to be available. What happened when the disciples did that? Well, in verse 19, we find that Jesus told the people to sit down on the grass, He took the five loaves and two fish, He looked up to heaven and blessed them. Then Breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. Amazing! Jesus hands some bread and fish to each disciple, and they hand it to the first row of people, and then to the second, and then to the third, and on and on it goes, and it never runs out. Imagine their growing amazement as they saw the miracle unfold, especially when each disciple found that he had his very own basket of food. Remember 12 baskets, 12 disciples? And they never would have had that much if they didn't first surrender what little they did have to Jesus. Everyone was filled that day, and it all came from Jesus. But that's how Jesus works. Only he can satisfy the hungry heart, but he wants to involve you and me. Now, remember, he is training these guys for something far greater than they can ever imagine. They don't know it yet, but in a few short months, they are going to be given the task of spreading the gospel, that is, the message of salvation through faith in Christ alone, to the world. The greatest spiritual need of every man, woman, boy, and girl is to know God personally through salvation in Christ alone. Because of Jesus, people don't need to try to make themselves acceptable with God. In fact, we could never do that anyway. The Bible says that no amount of effort on our part could ever make us right with God. That's why Jesus came to this earth to pay the penalty for your sin and mine so that we would never have to. Anyone can be made right with God forever, immediately. If they will stop trusting their own effort and choose instead to trust Christ alone. And that's the good news that Jesus would command the disciples to spread after he rose from the grave and ascended into heaven. Offering that life-giving message would be a task that they would need to accept and surrender themselves to. But for now, almost symbolically in preparation for that work, Jesus is giving them the task of spreading food to this multitude of people. Now how about you? Have you made yourself available to Jesus so that he can involve you in his work? Or have you been too busy with your own agenda? Or maybe you really can't point others to Jesus because you've never come to Jesus yourself. You might even be religious, but you can't help others find salvation and satisfaction in Christ if you haven't done so yourself. Trust him alone as your personal Savior today and experience the fulfillment of being made right with God and enjoying a personal relationship with Him.
1: So folks, hope you've enjoyed our show today and my thanks to all who participated. Plenty of food for thought as we continue our Advent journey countdown to Christmas. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face shine upon you, show you grace and turn His face towards you and give you peace. Amen.
0: Heartlands on Midlands 103.